welcome to Partner Ops Partner. I'm your host, Aaron Howerton, and this week on our long-awaited new episode, we're starting a new season. And I'm doing that because basically I can determine when a new season starts whenever I want, and it's going to align really well with the new season in my personal life. I've got a pretty big announcement to make on this podcast today. That's right, I'm literally just waiting in anticipation because I don't do an intro or music or anything else where I can split this up creatively. I am leaving Atlassian. I say it that way with that tone because I can hear you. I, I can hear what you might be thinking. Aaron, are you crazy? Why would you leave Atlassian? It is a great company. Number seven on the Forbes, Forbes uh, like top companies to work for, in the United States, you have phenomenal benefits. If you've ever worked as a last senior talk, you're going to know that's true. There are amazing benefits. You work with some really great people, and you've only been there for 10 months. Why are you possibly leaving Atlassian? What do you know that makes you want to leave? And the long story short, I could give you lots of details about my tenure, about starting, and all these different pieces, but at the end of the day, the reason that I'm leaving Atlassian is professional. It's a professional misalignment. What I came here for, what I want to do for the companies I work for, isn't really what I'm going to get to do. Um, now I, can, I could go into a lot of detail, but at the end of the day, that's the, that's the narrative. Now, how do I know? Aaron, you've only been there for 10 months. How do you know that's the case? It's because I asked. One of the great things about Atlassian is that you have the freedom to write blogs and to share your ideas. And it is an open company, no bullshit culture. And so when it comes to that, I was able to write a blog, uh, internalizing some of the things that I'd seen, other blog posts that I'd seen, and kind of putting some information out there to say, hey, what, what's this is my take. Here's where I think things are headed. Here's what I see in the strategy, kind of where am I at? I could basically test my ideas, and then I circulated those ideas to people that I know, people that I trusted, people that are on that side of the house where I saw these changes possibly impacting what I do and what I want to do, and get feedback and say, hey, I, I wrote this. This is kind of what I'm thinking. Do you see this accurately or not? Am I missing? What am I missing? And so I've been circulating that for months, and I'm just going to tell you almost without fail the feedback that I get from people that are in a better position to know due to tenure or their actual position have confirmed what I see. Now, that's not a bad thing. And I, I can't really get into this publicly, um, or maybe I shouldn't because these assumptions that I've written and the things that I see happening and a lot of my predictions and insights, these are internal, right? And it's, it's one of those things about working in operations that's really hard <laughs> is that we have to sign these commitments to maintain confidentiality around proprietary information. And when you work in operations, you are constantly working on what could be considered proprietary projects and processes. And at the same time, you have to go interview and tell people about projects that are protected. So I'm happy to talk about these things most of the time. But here on the podcast, I want to keep it pretty high level. And, and say basically what I was able to do was determine that there was a professional misalignment between what I would like to do, what I believe I was hired for, and where the company's heading. And, and so it's up to me to take care of that. It's up to me to drive that and to take action if I see that. 
it's not been a willy-nilly process for me. It's been several weeks and months of, uh, you know, kind of that navigating those waters and getting that information. And so at the end of the day, it's really that I'm not seeing a, future, a professional future here that motivates me. And I see the work. I see what we're doing. There's years worth of work and things that I think I could probably do and contribute to and people here that I actually really care about a lot. Um, really amazing people that work here, really talented people. But uh, I believe very much in maintaining a professional path that keeps me motivated and keeps me excited. And I can hear you. I know. I know the objections. But Aaron it's a really uncertain economic time maybe you want to move too but you're really uncertain about the economic conditions and all the cops you see and the change why, why would you if you got a good thing going why would you risk that right now i hear you um but you know, what about your vesting you know it's a, it's like a year cliff aren't you so close you're not even there yet yeah i understand i'm leaving that on the table um you know and what about your history what about your resume yep you're right. It's going to look sporadic. One of the questions I had to answer in the new process was, hey, tell us uh, what's going on. I'm looking here about your past four years, and you're on your third job. What's what's happening? And when you have a layoff, you get a lot of flexibility with telling that narrative as well. Um, so, yeah, I hear you. I hear all those objections, and they're valid objections, and they're real, and they, they, they come with different feelings and things you need to work through. But here's the rub. Here's the thing that if you haven't figured out about me yet in listening to this podcast, I hope you can figure out when I'm very explicit. That was a pause for coffee. You need to know that I grew up in a house where two people worked and never really liked their jobs. And they came home and that reflected in the way they behaved, in the way they spoke to me, um, in the way they lived their life. So I grew up seeing these narratives of frustration and disappointment and kind of vowed at an early age, mentally, just recognized I never want to feel that way about work. Yeah, there's bad days. I get that now on the other side of the rainbow. There's bad days. There's hard moments. There's difficult times where you're putting in extra hours to bring things across the line. And there's good times. But on the whole, day in and day out, I am unwilling to take and stay in roles that don't contribute to my mental health in a positive way. I've been that way since I was 18. I'm still gainfully employed. I'm not experiencing a gap. I am going to a new role. I, like It's okay. I, I basically, for me, I recognized early on that I'm going to spend 40 hours a week working. Uh, nobody else gets that kind of time from me. My wife doesn't get that kind of time from me. My kids don't get that kind of time from me. Uh, damn well sure my friends don't get that kind of time from me. So like, if, if it's going to be that much of my life, and the core of what I do, I do think if I have the ability to impact that, recognizing that not everyone does. Everyone has different situations and different pressures. And so I'm also not saying if you're unhappy, go out and get a new job and just make it work. I get it. That's that's like pie-in-the-sky idealism, and I'm fortunate to have a skill set and connections and network and job history that make it possible for me to find comparable growth opportunities. I, I want to acknowledge that. But if I can... I'm just unwilling to sit in a role that is not well-suited, where especially if I've already can verify that I don't see the future path. I'm, I'm a bit of a decision-maker in that regard. I don't like sitting in ambiguity if I can help it. So I'm also just learning to make those decisions and move quickly. So for me, it's that I know professionally I want to tell a different story than the story that I think is going to be told at Atlassian. And the one at Atlassian, guys, it's going to be a really cool story. Do not get me wrong. It is simply not a narrative 
that gets me motivated, that gets me excited, that plugs me into the professional growth that I've had over the past year. So I need to make a change. All the other details aside, the, the nuances of, of the role or really anything else, right? all of that is really secondary to the fact that I recognize the narrative that's coming out is not one that I feel like I can contribute to holistically. And, and I need to go be somewhere where my story blends better with the story of that role and of that company. So there's that. Now, where am I going? I hear you. We've talked a lot about the fact that I'm leaving and maybe why I'm leaving in that thought process. And that is because I think that it's important for us to process these things. I, I, I didn't get to hear a lot of people think through this or talk about these things. So, you know, I, I want to talk about those things. So where am I going? Well, I'm going to a company called Samsara. Now, Samsara is in the Internet of Things space, and I am going into a unique role at that company. Now, what makes it unique is really how they structured it. Am I, am I ops? Absolutely. I'm not just ops, though. I'm going to be the program manager over partner operations and experience, spanning all of their programs. I hope you heard the first thing I said there, program manager. So I'm going to sit on the program team, and my job will be what I have long felt my job is, what I have long done in my role, the assumed responsibility I feel that I have as a partner ops manager to take partner ops into the organization and drive deeper adoption. It's not to create a siloed bucket of operations that only I get to own and maintain. I feel like it is incumbent upon all partner ops people, and this is distinguishing a little bit between channel ops because channel ops is a well-established space. Um, there's nuances. We can talk about that anytime. But in this case, my job is to own the operational roadmap, the experiential roadmap for partner tech. So partner tech sits underneath that banner. I get to have ownership in that space, but I'm building a roadmap with the express goal of taking these needs into the systems and, and, and sales and ops and marketing and, and other groups to drive partner initiatives into those groups and make sure that there's proper process and ownership and connection. Like This is exactly what I think partner operations should be doing from a mandate perspective. It's situated in a program role. Mentally, it aligns with exactly the way I think the role should do. I've met someone quite recently that is also in a similar role at another company. So I'm excited to connect with her and get more, more feedback in terms of what's happening. And at the end of the day, it's a chance for me to go express those professional goals that I have, right? To chase down the narrative that I want to tell, which is this narrative of excellence in operations and scalability and experience, and hopefully continue to elevate this concept and this role of partner operations. So if this company and the people that I've met, they genuinely see this value that this role can play. It's a strategic hire. So it's a strategic effort um, in a way that gets me excited. You can tell it gets me motivated. So that's where I'm headed. Next episode, I will talk about how I got that role. I'll talk about how I found it, how I opened the door, how I, what the interview process was like, and, and all the details in there. Uh, for this time, I appreciate the opportunity to be in your, in your head for these 11 to 12 minutes. If you have any questions about this, you want to talk, please shoot me a DM, DM, find me on LinkedIn. Let's have a conversation. I am an open book, and I appreciate your time today. Until next time, good luck partnering.